Uh, Corey had, uh, was preparing a sermon, so he got a lot of it together. So most of the words today are actually Corey's sermon. So if I goof up, uh, I apologize to Corey uh, for that. But uh, one of the, the fun things about the Impact South Johnson County that we've been going through is uh, Corey and I have been able to work very closely together on a lot of different things. And I've enjoyed doing announcements with him here on, on a lot of things that we've been doing. But as a result of that, a lot of great things are happening in our city. A lot of people's lives are being changed. A lot of churches have come together. Over 25 churches are working together on the Impact South Johnson County events. And there's somewhere around 30 events that are taking place in all sorts of school assemblies as well. And so as a result, we're seeing God on the move. And we're right in the middle of things. We had Blue Valley North last week. We had Pleasant Ridge last night. Pleasant Ridge... uh, Tonight, uh, three sessions next week at Olathe East, and he's doing many things. We've had a lot of trainings, and a lot of you have done that. A lot of you have been doing a lot of volunteering. And, and in the midst of something this big and that we put so much effort in, it is good every now and then just to step back and just think about what is happening and what God is exactly doing in Impact South Johnson County. And uh, so... The, the title of the uh, sermon today that Corey has worked up is called Six Snapshots. Six sh- Snapshots of How God Moves and Is Moving. A couple of those are from the book of Acts. A couple of those are from what we've seen in Impact. And a couple will be for us moving forward in the future. But as Corey was working on the sermon, how the idea of snapshots came of what it would be like to have been there at Pentecost... You know, everybody likes to get a selfie this, these days of when they're around a famous person, you know, if you're with the President of the United States, you like to get the selfie and all this. He says, well, how about a selfie with God at Pentecost, you know, when the tongues of fire are appearing and, the, the, you know, now that would be pretty cool. And I, I thought, you know, I, thought, I was reading through these, some of these things you say, and I thought, this, that is a pretty cool idea. And, uh, uh, and so... You know, really, we begin with this thought of Pentecost and what would have been like to have been there at Pentecost and to see what God was doing and, and to see the Holy Spirit come upon the 120 in the upper room and all of a sudden they go out and they are speaking in languages they don't even understand to people who have assembled really coming in town for the feast and they're hearing in their own native language the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then, then there's another group of people saying, these people are just drunk, you know which you would think if you saw a bunch of people babbling all these different languages. And then at that point, Peter, who had been a chicken, a coward, who deserted Jesus, gets up and gives a sermon, a terrific sermon, and 3,000 people are instantly saved and come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. What an exciting thing. And so we're going to be thinking about that, about the impact of the Holy Spirit and, but right now, let's read our passage of Scripture for today from Acts chapter 2, 47, 37 through 41. Let's stand together, please. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, 
for this promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord in God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who were baptized, and there were added that day 3,000 souls. Please be seated. What a day that had to be. What an exciting time that would have been. And uh, for, so our first snapshot really begins right there at Pentecost. So let's, uh, let's pull that up there. Wouldn't it have been something to be in that room at Pentecost praying for 10 days and then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit comes and the tongues of fire and lives are changed and there's a, afterwards a sermon's preached and 3,000 people are baptized at the baptism party. What a great day and what a great snapshot that makes, doesn't it? The, the, the really, really outstanding thing is, is that as we participate together in Impact South Johnson County, we are seeing like a little bit of Pentecost, a little taste of Pentecost. And I'd like to show you this, this next slide from Spring Hill, the very first uh, Impact meeting that we had. And these are all the people that you can see that came forward that night. There was a, a thousand people that had gathered there at Spring Hill and 400 people came forward to receive Christ. The next night, I think they had 600, and 187 came forward to receive Christ. So it was a really impactful time at Spring Hill as we saw people coming forward. And there's great stories that have come out of this, like a, a young lady who's a sophomore in high school was a local link, and so she had invited two of her close friends, and both of them responded and went forward as, in that slide that we just saw. And then she was able to help lead them to Christ. Then she was able to start a Bible study group with them, a discovery group with them. And then the next, the next night, she brought two other friends, and the exact same thing happened, two nights in a row. Then there's a, a story, and these are the kind of the sort of stories that go on. And uh, uh, another, another uh, local link uh, from Spring Hill connected with two uh, nine-year-old girls, and these girls had never been to church, and they come with their parents just to see the show. And so uh, the adult got together with those, those girls and then got together with the parents, and the parents got involved in a discovery group with her, as well as the girls in another discovery group, and invited their friends as well. And so things are really happening and have been happening in Spring Hill and all over the place. So that was snapshot number two. Snapshot number three, we couldn't really get a picture at uh, uh, Blue Valley North last weekend because it was just too dark in the place. But just to give you an update of, of the things that, that have been happening, I think, I think the total would be somewhere near 6,000 people have now attended this. Uh, they're somewhere getting, approaching 1,000 that have come forward to receive Christ during all these meetings that are going on. And so we're at kind of the midway point on it, and that is, is sort of our report. And... Uh, it's exciting to see when people's lives are being changed by God, isn't it? And it's kind of addicting. And it's kind of addicting, too, when you get that opportunity to help people in their first moments of growth as a Christian. And so we're seeing a lot of that taking place. And so what a, what a great thing it would be to have been there at Pentecost. But imagine if when the impact South Johnson County is over, we just stopped doing any of that. 
Imagine if the book of Acts just stopped at chapter 2 and we didn't have any of the other uh, chapters ahead. You know, as we know in the book of Acts, it just kept going and the, and the Holy Spirit was spreading throughout the world and many, many, many thousands and even millions of people were becoming Christians. That's what we hope to see in our impact South Johnson County. And we, we see a snapshot of this in this picture of Asia Minor that we see in the Bible. And this is modern-day Turkey, and you can't really see all of it there. But uh, in Acts chapter 19, we see this continued spreading of the church as, as Paul is on a, uh, his third missionary journey. And he enters the synagogue there at Ephesus, and he spoke boldly there for three, three months, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. But some of them became so stubborn, and continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way before the congregation. And so he withdrew from, the, from being in the synagogue, and he took the disciples with him, other disciples that he was leading to Christ, and then he reasoned daily in the school of Tyrannus, and that continued for two more years. And all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. So we see a sap, 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 Snapshot number one, these 3,000 added. Uh, now we're seeing that, that that gospel is spreading and impacting many, many people. It started in Jerusalem, and now it was moving north to Antioch. I think it's interesting that we have an Antioch road right in this area, don't we? Right in between our two colonials, we have Antioch Road. I'm sure named after this Antioch of old. So the gospel was spreading. And... One of the parts of this passage, you know how you can read the Bible a lot and never really see parts of a, of a passage? And, and the, the thing that's fascinating about this passage that Corey thought was cool and I think is very cool too is, you know, we don't, we don't really think about what, what the end of that passage was when it says everybody in the region heard the word of God. Well, in that, in that time period, there was 15 million people in Asia. And they, they were able to hear the word of God in that three-year period. Corey was adding up, you know, and he was thinking in his mind, you know, if you did 3,000 a day, that would mean there'd be like 1,095,000. Or if you did, you know, if you did it in two years, still 3,000 a day, it'd be 2,190,000. It would have taken 13 and a half years converting 3,000 a day. So how did they do it? Well, how they did it was he was discipling, he was training, he was building up people who in turn went out throughout all of Asia and continued to spread the good news of the Word of God. So within that three-year period of time, 15 million uh, people came over to Jesus Christ. And that's what it is when the Holy Spirit's at work. And that's what I, I believe we want to see happen after the impact South Johnson County. And so we see those powerful things happening. And what, what happens as we, as we take a step back as we're looking at these snapshots, we have, to, we have to say, am I kind of sitting on the sidelines or I'm in, am I in the action? Because I think what we saw in this passage about Asia is Paul discipled people and they went out and reached the others. And so what, what, the way we look at spreading the word oftentimes is bringing our friends to church or occasionally talking to somebody about God, but are we really, really, really 
reaching out to those around us at work, in our schools, in our recreational settings? Are we, are we more or less in the stands observing, sitting in church, and, and waiting for the professionals, the pastors and others, to do this kind of work? Are we just watching? Unfortunately, uh, sometimes the church can be full of fans and not real participants. It's wonderful that a lot of you have been trained as local links and small group leaders with the Discovery Bible uh, program. But what we really need to see is people become disciplers, people becoming those in the action, those who see the fruit of the ministry. We're going to look at a video that is very impactful about spreading the Word of God and the church planning movement. And so be, be envisioning yourself in being used in this way. Let's take a look. Snapshot number five. A few years ago, we began to really take notice of hints in the Bible. We talked to people around the world who had seen hundreds of thousands of people become believers. We discovered a biblical process which can be described as church planting movements, CPM for short, and this is how it works. We start by desperately asking God where He wants us to go and what He wants us to do. We've learned that God has already started working with people, even before we get there. He creates a spiritual hunger in certain individuals. In Luke 10, they are called persons of peace. A first step is to walk through villages and neighborhoods, asking God to show us these people He's spiritually stirring. Just like Jesus' disciples in Luke 10, through conversations we share about God and pray for miracles. If they respond with interest, we suggest meeting with their family and friends where they can hear stories about God from the Bible. Just like the early disciples, we hope to meet with groups of people as a way of spreading the news of Jesus as far as possible through their social networks. We call these gatherings discovery groups. We read a Bible story, ask those present to retell the story in their own words, and then ask four questions. What does this story tell us about God? What does this story tell us about people? What does it tell us we ought to do? And who am I going to tell what I've learned. Teaching doesn't come from us. We just ask questions. The teaching comes from Scripture and the Holy Spirit. And it's amazing how much better the Holy Spirit is at teaching than we are. Within a few weeks, we step away and coach the group to continue learning from the Bible how to obey God, which allows us to meet more new people and try to start another group. Each week, the group reads a new Bible story and asks the same four questions. Amazingly, even before they would call themselves believers, they are beginning to obey God in their life because they're asking the question, what does this story tell us we ought to do? They begin to treat people differently, their wife, their husband, their friends, their enemies. They begin to live less selfishly to help people in need, to stop using people, to live more honestly, 
and often their community begins to notice. Because they're naturally sharing with others what they're learning, their friends become intrigued and want to know more. Soon a new group forms because they've seen how simple it is to meet with a group and study what God has to say about life. Before long, these groups become home fellowships or churches. Disciples begin making disciples who make disciples. Churches begin making churches who make churches. And growth begins to happen exponentially, just like it occurred in the New Testament. Just like Paul in the early church, we check in on our friends from time to time to see how they're doing and to encourage them. If they have questions, we mostly refer them back to Scripture so they realize they don't need us, they need God. The question has been asked, is the faith of these people shallow? Actually, the exact opposite. When they're asked the question, what does this story tell us we ought to do, they are challenged to put what they've learned into practice. It's not theory to be learned, but a new life to be tried. It's obedience that keeps it from being shallow. Does this kind of rapid growth lead to heresy? Not usually, because the Holy Spirit is teaching rather than a dominant human leader. Everyone is answering with their own insights of what God is teaching them. They challenge answers that don't come from Scripture. It's a healthy group dynamic that leads to surprising maturity. Does it work? When groups of believers reproduce to at least four generations, then we consider this a movement of God, and it tends to be self-sustaining with momentum to continue. Amongst all of the organizations that use CPM principles, including our own, over 100 movements are active throughout the world, and they're present on every continent. In India, there are movements that have reached 14 and 15 generations, including one movement with 4 million baptized believers and at least 80,000 home fellowships. In China, there are 150,000 home fellowships in these movements and growing. Many of these movements are happening in the hardest, most unimaginable places. God seems to be doing something new, or more accurately, something old. It's been around for more than 2,000 years, tracing back to a Savior and 12 improbable followers who changed the world. But we're now rediscovering and applying them, and the results are taking us beyond where we thought possible. What a great video and giving us a lot to think about. You know, tonight we have another event coming, and uh, as you see this, the video we've just watched, it involves, you know, reaching out to people around you. And uh, I, was, I was just thinking about Todd Weiland, who's one of the pastors on our staff. And last week he, he brought uh, some boys to his, some of his sons, one of his son's friends to one of the events, and they were going around picking people up. And one of the kids wasn't there, and they called him, and he said he, he was staying home. So they just, he just... Todd just drove over to the house and said, no, you got to go. And so he grabbed and took him to thing. And that night, this young man received Christ. And uh, 
You know, but think about that. It took some effort. And, and Todd, by the way, has, I think, 16 kids going tonight to the, you know, this is the, the, the ones where they break the bricks and all that one tonight at, at uh, Pleasant Ridge. But it, involves, it does involve a part of us reaching out to others and taking a chance. And uh, the last slide, the last snapshot here is a snapshot, a satellite picture of Kansas City. And uh, I'd like to see us be reaching our city for Jesus Christ. And, and, and I believe these Discovery Bible studies are a way that just, this just might happen. And uh, I took a class in this myself, and a lot of you have in, in church. And one of the, the students in my class was Sarah Gordon, and she's kind of gone way by, by me. But uh, here you go. Tell us about it. Well, I, uh, I have been kind of a lot like most of you, I'm sure, just feeling little nudges while I'm sitting in the seats going, okay, you're very comfortable on the bleachers watching what's going on down there, and you've been comfortable on the bleachers for a very long time. Um, so when Tammy Lundgren came up and she talked about starting a group in her neighborhood with her friends, I called her and I said, I need to have coffee with you. Tell me about this. And of course, she's Go, you can do this, you can do this. No, I don't know if I can. (laughs) But the nudging kept happening. And then my daughter came to me. She's in the high school at the youth group here. And she said, Mom, I want to go through that discovery class training because we're talking about it with the youth group. I said, sure, I'll drive you. (laughs) She said, no, you're coming with me. So I'm sitting there, and Corey's talking, and I'm thinking, I think I've been in Bible studies longer than you've been alive, young man. But I listened, and this video came on. And then we walked through what the steps of this discovery Bible studies look like. And it was so simple. And it was so amazing that it just took the leader out of the process completely. And it put the living, breathing word of God and the Holy Spirit in charge. And I said, I can do that. Because I was thinking I was going to have to come up with Bible 101 to reach the women in my neighborhood who I really was feeling like, why have I never talked about my faith with you? And that was weighing on me. And now I have a tool. So I'm sitting on my deck reading my devotions the very next day, and my phone was sitting there, and I kept staring at my phone, and the spirit was nudging. And so I took my phone and I crafted an email, uh, text, and I just said, okay, I'm thinking about starting a Bible study at my house, low pressure, no homework, just hanging out and reading the Word of God. Would you be interested? And I stared at the text, and I started shaking, and I pushed send, and I sent it to six of my friends. Within 24 hours, I had five of them saying, yeah, I'd be interested. I couldn't believe it. And even the sixth one said, maybe not this time. (laughs) Like this is a process, like I'm going to be doing this all the time. I don't know. Anyway, my first meeting, I didn't even have to prep for. This system, this plan, this discovery group is so wonderful. 
you show up, you share with each other, you read, you talk about it, you answer five questions, you go home. Beforehand, you clean the dog hair off the couches, you put out a bowl of M&Ms, you're good to go. It is wonderful. My first meeting, I only had one person show up, and that was discouraging until the next day she called me and said, I'm so happy it was just you and me, because I was scared to death. I grew up going to church, and I don't remember where anything is in the Bible. I don't understand what to do. I was nervous, but I came. The next time we met, we had two people, and she led the discussion. <laughs> it's been amazing, but it's baby steps. Sometimes that's the way the Holy Spirit works. Sometimes it's not 3,000 people. It's a wonderful system. It's a wonderful time of renewal and strengthening. If you go to the classes, which I encourage everybody to go, even if you're not being nudged, just to understand what's going on around here and what people are able to do, and you never know. You never know. The game on the field might be calling you too. Praise God. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, we're all chickens, aren't we? <laughs> and just take a step out of that comfort zone, and hopefully part of what impact will do is help us to do that. Let's, I'm going to close in prayer, and then I have to, I have to go to Warnell now. So it's nice knowing you guys. Let's, uh, let's pray. God, I thank you for the way you're nudging us. As Sarah had said, uh, those nudges, she could sense and feel, and she was resisting them, but then finally gave in and sent the text. And uh, Lord, I pray that you'd show us how to do that in our realm, in our activities that we're in. I pray, God, that we, we would see a movement of God in our city and in our country as we see the difficulties that are around us and we see some of the drift that's in our culture. We pray that uh, people would come uh, to know you in a personal, intimate way. So we, we are encouraged today then to, to be in a snapshot with you of seeing you work in and through our lives. And I pray that you'd show us how to do this and help us to take a chance. In Jesus' name, amen.